1: Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today on The Bell Tale, the key political battles of the 2002 Northern Ireland Assembly elections. The politicians were on the streets, their faces on the lampposts, our letterboxes full of their promises. Uh, this is a united party standing together to fight this election
2: and to win. The DUP don't are, only want democracy when it's on their terms. We want a government that will continue to work and if somebody wants to walk away from government they shouldn't be able to hold it to this ransom. This
1: election is always about you and as politicians, everything we do must be and about Scotland you. Parliament
2: has been sitting on its hands. We know that money has gone into the pockets of people in Scotland and Dublin, it should be happening here too.
1: Let's be honest, there are constituencies in which we can predict the results with some certainty. But in others, it's all to play for. It's tight, and that's where a handful of votes could change your political future.
2: It has been so lacklustre. I think our two big parties in this election, it's it's about trying not to lose it as opposed to win it.
1: Joining me with her insights into those key battles is the Belfast Telegraph's political editor, Suzanne Breen. Well... Podcasts are supposed to grab the listener's interest with an explosive start, so I'm really breaking the rules when I say, what a boring campaign, Suzanne.
2: It has been deadly dull, I think apart from the poster theft in South Belfast, which saw Elsie Trainer, the SDLP candidate, very courageously chase after two youths who had been stealing her posters and she ran into Ormo Park, it was late at night. It was deserted, a very brave move of hers. Um, that was the most dramatic moment of the campaign. We've also seen a, a noose being placed around Doug Beattie's neck in a poster. And Jim Wells has been back, I think, doing what he does best, causing controversy in South Down over the selection there by the DUP of Diane South. But apart from that, it has been so lackluster. I think our two big parties in this election. It's it's about trying not to lose it as opposed to win it. And let's have a look at the parties.
1: How have they been doing so far in the campaign in terms of what what have their main issues been?
2: Well the, the DUP is focused mainly on stopping Michelle O'Neill becoming first minister. It's claiming that if that happens, then Sinn Féin will be advancing its radical Republican agenda and seeking a border poll. Jeffrey Donaldson is likely just trying to get through this election. It's not necessarily the type of campaign that he would choose to fight, but he is in a bind and he just needs to get across the line on May the 5th with the most seats. He's up against it. The Belfast Telegraph's poll shows that the DUP is six percentage points behind Sinn Féin and he doesn't have very much time to make up that ground.
1: Sinn Féin have had a quite a quiet campaign, they're perhaps controlling expectation. It's hard to say really what they've been concentrating on.
2: This has been a very softly, softly campaign by Sinn Féin. Normally maybe the party will take off the gloves at various Stages during an election. That hasn't happened. It's aiming for a moderate nationalist vote. It's looking for transfers from green voters and from Alliance, asking people perhaps to lend them a vote in this election. And we've seen a very stateswoman-like approach from Michelle O'Neill. I, I noted that at her first, um, w- w- one of her first engagements. It was a lecture she was delivering in Queen's University. And the whole tone of it, it was very bland. It was, it was accomplished, but she certainly wasn't taking any risks. We've seen in recent days the party has released footage of her in the gym, um, there have been other videos of her meeting and greeting countless babies. There may be a danger that that this mightn't fire up the republican base, but I still think that the desire among grassroots nationalists to give the DUP a bloody nose will be strong enough um, to take Sinn Féin candidates over the line.
1: So alliance, it's great buzz about them, but can they live up to that hype?
2: Alliance secured eight seats in 2017, and I would expect them to increase that by at least 50%. There is a huge buzz around their campaign, and they're running a really strong slate of candidates, young and vibrant men and women. I I I think their, their slate is stronger than any of the other parties. Um not so long ago we used to talk about Alliance possibly breaking through the 10% barrier. Not necessarily in this election, but maybe the one after that I think that Naomi Long's target may well be 20%. This is also a fairly polarized election. An alliance normally comes through the middle in such elections, it really suits the party, so it, it could be a big one for Alliance.
1: The UUP, is the Northern Ireland Protocol the fly in the ointment for Doug Beatty?
2: Well, I, I find it very hard to call how the Ulster Unionist Party will do in this election. I think his focus has been trying to appeal to those unionists who don't normally vote. We'll see if that works on um, election day, and I think that there will be Certainly a very jittery team as the ballot boxes are emptied. This has been a big, bold election by Doug Beattie. He, the, the whole vibe has been for positive unionism, to get away from negative, angry unionism. The DUP is at its most vulnerable and he would be expected really to go up, both in the percentage of the vote the party takes and in the number of seats
1: The SDLP, they've been focusing on delivery of services, but somehow in the polls they just can't make it happen.
2: There's been absolutely nothing wrong with the SDLP campaign um, or with Column Eastwood's performance. I think going into this election the party would have talked about forward momentum and winning more seats. I think now it, it will really be lucky to return with 12 seats the, the 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 same number that it holds the party's under pressure in Upper Ban. it's under pressure in Lagan Valley second seat in South Down and I also think that Nicola Mallon in North Belfast could be vulnerable but the whole narrative of this election and having for the first time a nationalist first First Minister. That's very, very powerful. And I think the election really suits Sinn Féin. And could the TUV cause an upset? The TUV vote seems to be holding up fairly strong in the opinion polls. It was 9% in the last Lucid Talk one for the Belfast Telegraph. And if Jim Allister translates that into actually actual votes, he certainly will have company on Stormont's blue benches There are a number of seats that I think the TUV definitely could secure.
1: Of course, in any election, in many constituencies, the results are relatively predictable. But in some areas, we could see some real changes. For example, South Belfast.
2: South Belfast is one of the most competitive constituencies. It's got one SDLP, one DUP, one Alliance, one Green and one Sinn Féin MLA. I think it's the only constituency that is represented by five different parties. And the runner up last time in 2017 was the Ulster Unionists. And this time they're running a candidate with a really interesting story, a fellow called Stephen McCarthy. And in August 1969, his family was actually put out of Ben Burb Street in the Loyalist village area. And last week, I went back with Stephen McCarthy as he campaigned in that very street and canvassed and knocked doors. And it was the first time that he had ever been there. Um, his granny had just been in looking after her, her two children, and including Stephen's mother, and a bottle had come crashing over the back wall and inside was a note which said fiending's out and he told me how his granny Lenahan had done the dishes, cleaned the house, put her best mat in the pram and then left via the back door with her two children. Stephen joined the Ulster Unionists at 19 Um, a fairly remarkable journey on his part. And it it was just fascinating to dander about those streets and talk to people, including an ex-Loyalist prisoner, Trevor Greer. He said Stephen's religion was of absolutely no concern to him, and he was going to be voting for him. We have had a very high-profile candidate arriving in in the constituency from afar in, in South Belfast. eyes anyway, Edwin Puts,
1: the farmer in the city. It is it is quite a it's quite a strange place for Edwin Puts to find himself.
2: It is indeed. With his agriculture per- portfolio, he wouldn't perhaps have the expertise that South Belfast residents might expect. I think he's been fighting a fairly low-key campaign. He has been concentrating on loyalist working-class areas like Tocmona, the Beaver Estate and Sandy Row. He, he hasn't turned into a latte-drinking South Belfast resident yet. Now, the DUP vote may go down in this constituency, but there was almost two quotas there last time, so it, it would have to decrease very, very significantly for Edwin Poots not to get reelected on the 5th of May. Uh, the SDLP in this constituency are running two candidates. There's Matt O'Toole, who is its very high-profile Brexit spokesman. And when I accompanied him around doors, he was instantly recognisable. I think it's it's a bit like Naomi Long. It's that shock of bright red hair that means that everybody knows you. Um, the second SDLP candidate is Elsie Trainer, whom most people hadn't heard of until she did tackle those poster safes. Alliance has also two very high profile candidates. There is the outgoing MLA, Paula Bradshaw. She's represented the constituency for many years. She's a ferocious worker. Of course, she ran for Alliance for the Westminster campaign. And we have Kate Nicholl as well, who is the current Belfast Lord Mayor. Now, Alliance probably will only get one person elected in the constituency. so there's a lot of discussion over whether it will be Kate or it will be Paula. One of the other MLAs is Sinn Féin's Deirdre Hargay. She has replaced Marchino Mullier, and it's, it, it's hard to rate her chances. Um, Marcino Mullier would have really reached out to the middle classes in South Belfast. He would have brought votes that were way beyond Sinn Féin's traditional base in the market and the lower Ormo. I don't know if Deirdre Hargey has that reach. Um, In the past, she has been criticised by the family of Robert McCartney, who was murdered by the IRA. Um, They were unhappy that she hadn't made a statement to police when a fight had broken out in McGuinness's bar that later spilled out onto the street and led to Robert McCartney's um, murder, and of course, we have Claire Bailey of the Greens, who has been in the headlines um, at Stormont making her own bills. Now, most of the parties would have thought that Claire's seat was probably the most vulnerable going into the election campaign. But they're telling me that the reports on the doors suggest that there is a very strong Green identity in South Belfast, and she could just about be okay.
1: Well, it's certainly going to be a fascinating fight in South Belfast. Turning to Upper Ban, where there are two DUP, one UUP and one each for Sinn Féin and the SDLP last time out, MLAs, of course. It's Doug Beatty's constituencies. He's had a mixed year. Uh, what could happen there?
2: Well, I think Upper Ban is the Weathervian constituency for Northern Ireland. Doug Beatty is running in a very hardline unionist constituency and he's a very liberal leader. So it'll be really interesting to see how he performs. The situation is complicated by the fact that his running mate is a councillor called Glenn Barr. And as the UUP divided up the constituency, Glenn Barr has actually got the more moderate part of it in terms of Banbridge, whereas Doug has got the more hardline areas and there's been some speculation that Glenn could go very, very close to Doug, um and that maybe the Ulster Unionists were a little unwise to run two people in a in a constituency where they are only likely to get one elected and that Doug potentially could be in a bit of bother in the DUP camp. I think Johnny Buckley, who is the outgoing MLA, is pretty Certain that he's going to be re-elected. But there is some talk that Diane Dodds may not be safe. We're also looking in that constituency at a Rising Young Alliance star, Owen Tennyson, and he is battling for a seat. More likely, he it, it might be that held by the SDLP's veteran politician, Dolores Kelly, although you in no ways could 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 write her off. She has tremendous fighting instinct. Um, this is one constituency where Sinn Féin could possibly, on a very, very good day, make again. Um, John O'Dowd is certain to be re-elected, but possibly if the Sinn Féin vote went up, he could also bring his running mate in. And we can't forget the TUV candidate. Um, He is a 26-year-old called Darren Foster. He runs a fish and chip shop in Portadown and I couldn't think of any better business to be in in terms of having contact with voters than a fast food outlet.
1: Southdown, Jim Wales has given his support to the TUV candidate and former UUP man Harold McKee against that backdrop of DUP infighting. Certainly intriguing. Can we really expect change in South Down?
2: South Down has become the most controversial constituency um, of this election. The DUP centrally selected Diane for South. She's a 38-year-old accountant, a mother of three, and I think she's the type of candidate that the party feels that it needs. She would connect with so many. Working women. And she represents something beyond maybe the the narrow sectional base that the party already has support of. Um, Jim Wells opposes her candidacy and has done so very vehemently. He's backed Harold McKee. Uh, Harold McKee joined the TUV from the Ulster Unionists last year. Um, he, he was annoyed at the liberal direction in which the Ulster Unionists were being taken by Doug Beattie. And Harold McKee could poll very strongly in South Down. He's, it's a really traditional Conservative constituency. Um, he has already been an uh, elected Ulster Unionist Assembly member. And with Jim Wales in his corner, I certainly think that he will secure a significant vote. Now, whether it's enough to um, defeat Diane Forsyth is something else entirely. I was out with her around Kilkeel and she was receiving an awful lot of support. Her family are very well known. Um, People there weren't seeing her as someone controversial. They were just seeing her as the girl who grew up a few miles um, down the road. And, certainly um, she should perform very strongly. There's also, of course, the battle within the nationalist community in South Down. Um, there was some controversy when Sinn Féin deselected its outgoing MLA, Emma Rogan, whose father had been killed in the Loughin Island massacre, and um, they they selected instead um, Councillor Cathy Mason, The second Sinn Féin MLA, Sinead Ennis, has been in the headlines over some not very nice tweets that she had put out um, several years ago, but I think the two Sinn Féin seats are safe. The SDLP seats the same can't be said for them. I think one of them could likely go. There is an Alliance councillor called Paddy Brown. His vote has been growing in the constituency and he's been making waves and it's very hard not to see him being elected.
1: Lagan like Valley then, the return of Geoffrey Donaldson, the shifting aside of Edwin Poots, is there any chance of a surprise in that constituency?
2: I was out with the Alliance candidate, Sorsha Eastwood, in Lisburn last week, and I was really shocked at how much the constituency has changed. There's a lot of people moving in from all arts and parts of Northern Ireland, as far away as Fermanagh and Tyrone, from Mid Ulster, also from nearer, from North and West Belfast, people that during lockdown simply thought that they they had the money and they decided that they wanted to move out to somewhere that they would have a bigger house and a, a bigger garden. So that constituency is changing from, I think, a very predictable, traditionally conservative unionist one to something else. It's increasingly religiously mixed. And For example, when we knocked um one door in a new housing development, the woman opened and she said to Saoirse Eastwood, I'm Lithuanian, I don't know about Northern Ireland politics, but my wife does and she's voting f- for you. And that kind of summarised for me really how this constituency is changing. Jeffrey Donaldson, obviously, as the, the, the party leader, and Paul Given as the former First Minister are two big guns in the DUP. Again, unless there's a really dramatic fall in the party's vote, they should be safe because three DUP quotas are almost there in the constituency. Alliance are hoping to return to MLAs. And, and there, there is a fight on there for Pat Catney's seat. Pat Catney is a former Republican. He loves, loves to sing. When I was out with him, he was breaking into Sinatra and Elvis Presley. And there might have even been a wee bit of Bing Crosby too. And he is really fighting to hold on to that last fifth seat and it may end up a battle between himself and the second alliance candidate.
1: And turning to Foyle, we have seen an SDLP resurgence in recent years, a Sinn Féin purge and of course we've seen dissident Republican activity in the cities.
2: What could happen in Foyle? The SDLP are hoping to build in Column Eastwoods 2019 Westminster election success. So they currently have two MLAs, but they're running three candidates this time. And it's a big question over whether they will get all three across the line. And if they don't, then who will be the casualty? Again, and Féin are standing too. The party has had internal difficulties and some of the old party stalwarts like Martina Anderson haven't been seen, haven't been photographed out on the campaign trail with the two new MLAs. And there is a belief that some of that traditional Republican base might not turn out for the party One of the most interesting facets of the FOIL fight um, is what happens to the Unionist seat. The DUP has held FOIL since Stormont was reborn in 1998. The sitting MLA is former junior minister in the executive office, Gary Middleton. But he has a real scrap on his hands with the Ulster Unionist candidate, Ryan McCready, He's a former British Army veteran. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And he has been fighting the most unusual and enthusiastic campaign. He's been making loads of TikTok videos. He's been in all arts and parts of the constituency, including places in the on the nationalist side that you really wouldn't expect to find a former British soldier. He has a mountain decline, though, in terms of votes. The DUP secured, I think, 6,000 in the last Assembly election. The Ulster Unionists came in, I think, at about a quarter of that. But the other interesting question in Derry is really whether people before profit can win back Eamon McCann's seat which was lost in 2017 the candidate is Sean Harkin this time and I think if during such a cost of living crisis that has really hurting so many people, if people before profit can't have a victory here then you know it doesn't augur well for them and their long term future so I think he certainly won't watch
1: Suzanne Brain, political editor with the Belfast Telegraph, thank you very much. This episode of The Bell Tell was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar, sound designed by Graham Davidson. The clips were from the BBC and UTV. If you like The Bell Tell, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You can't beat the sound of a contented cat.